I'm Taylor, and welcome to the TD Nutrition Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the TD Nutrition Podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about maintaining your health through the holidays. This, I know, is so tough um, for so many people, um, and it could be stressful because of food stuff and stressful because we're around family members and we can feel different pressures, and then we kind of get through the holidays and it's like, wow, I feel like crap and I wish I didn't eat some of the things that I ate. And I can't tell you how many, like I've had my practice for almost four years now, so I've gone through three holiday seasons. And a a huge pattern that I I notice is I'll be working with a client, um, we'll be meeting, you know, regularly, and then they're like, oh, the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving will approach, and um, they will say, oh, you know, can we just pause our our meetings and resume after the new year and i'm like okay sure yeah totally fine and i understand these are busy time like it's a busy time of the year and you know you're busy doing a million things so it's like okay i'm gonna put this this appointment on the back burner and then we'll meet again in january and then they will be so just discouraged and just kind of I mean, really feeling terrible, like any condition they had or symptom that we were working on that had improved has come back and they, you know, are feeling like they've gained some weight and all of these things. And so I always kind of wonder, wouldn't it be helpful to continue our sessions, even if it's once during the holiday season, just to have some support and talk through, you know, the pressures you're facing or how to make better choices? Because why just give yourself a free-for-all during the holidays and then feel like you're going to start all over come January? That doesn't really make sense. And how are you ever going to truly better your health in the long run if every year you basically have this month and a half period of time where you're letting yourself do whatever you want? That doesn't really make sense. Like, why would you undo all the work that you've done? Um, And... When I say stuff like that, then some people think, oh, well, then you just, you can't enjoy, you can't enjoy anything. Like you just can't enjoy the great things about Thanksgiving or Christmas. And, and obviously Thanksgiving is upon us and Christmas is a little over a month away. And both of those holidays are food, pretty much food, food centered, sweet centered. And we can feel like we can't enjoy that holiday if we're not eating some of these specific foods, right? Like it's not Thanksgiving without, you know such and such dish, grandma's pie, or you know, whatever it is. And and I've been there too. I used to approach the holidays as they would stress me out 100% um, because it was like, I love all of these foods and I'm going to have to exercise restraint and not eat as much as I'd like and not eat, you know, not eat everything. And of course, that never went over well, um, you know, I always ended up feeling terrible the next day and, you know, regretted the choices because obviously those foods weren't sitting well with me. And this was this was before this was before I was diagnosed with Lyme and all of my other health stuff. And even at the very beginning of my diagnosis, before I was before I had a handle on on 
my nutrition and everything, it was like, okay, I just got to get through it, try to exercise as much control as I can. And that never worked. So um, as I kind of got, you know, more educated and became more aware, I was like, all right, I'm sure I can make healthier alternatives to the things that I like. And that became that became my goal was how can I recreate the dishes that I love in a healthier way? Okay, they might look a little different. Maybe they'll taste a little different. But if I can get the, you know, main taste there, then that's going to satisfy the craving. And odds are it's going to be better for me and I'm going to feel better after the meal. And sure enough, that's what happened. I started creating you know, a healthier stuffing recipe and healthier yams and and all the things that I like. Um, And really for me, uh, at Thanksgiving, my favorite things, like my three favorite things, like that's really the only thing that I look forward to is the cranberries, the mashed sweet potatoes or yams, um, and then the stuffing. Those are the only three things I ever liked. Even when I used to eat meat, I never liked the turkey. That was my least favorite part of Thanksgiving. Um, And... Um, so, you know, it was easy to kind of redo the sweet potatoes. It was easy to redo the cranberry sauce. The stuffing took me a little longer. Um, I had to find bread, um, that didn't have a lot of ingredients. Um, and, uh, a company that I have found that makes a great sourdough that actually doesn't have yeast in it, um, is Super Bloom Bakery. And so that is what I use for my stuffing now. And, um... And I, again, I get to enjoy it. My Thanksgiving plate, I took a picture of it and shared it on social media. It looked just like a regular Thanksgiving plate, You other than there was no turkey on it. But you wouldn't have known that the stuffing had special bread or, you know, you just, you wouldn't have known. Um, and so that's, that's really what I want people to start doing is shifting your mindset to where you don't have to go without for the holidays just replace it with something better for you. Um, and and the other thing, you know, going back to feeling like you have to exercise self-control, um, when your body is nourished and you're eating, you know, nutrient-dense foods and you're full, you're not, you're not going to feel like you have to exercise self-control because certain things just won't sound good to you anymore. That's very hard for a lot of people to grasp that certain foods just won't sound good. Um, You know, like if you see friends eating a cupcake or having ice cream, like how does that not sound good? But in time, as you clean up your diet, stuff like that doesn't sound good. Obviously, if you want to eat that stuff, that's totally fine. But like for me, I don't do dairy, um, you know, and I don't do gluten. I don't, I don't do eggs. And, and, and also like the problem with ice cream is it's a combination of, of sugar and fat, which is terrible for blood sugar and all of that. And so because I'm so nourished and I just eat so much of, of healthy foods that when I'm around that stuff, it doesn't phase me. So when it comes to the holidays, those other foods, they don't phase me anymore. But I've put in the work to get to that point. It didn't just happen overnight. And so these are things that you can kind of look forward to, to be like, okay, if I could really put in the work to you know clean my diet up and get all of these processed foods out and, and fill my plate and everything I eat with nutrient-dense foods that when the holidays roll around and there's some tempting things that you'd rather not eat, it's easier to resist. I mean, again, it's not even that it's easier to resist. It just doesn't cross your mind. That's the biggest thing. It doesn't cross your mind to even have it because it just, it doesn't sound good. 
So, um, yeah. And, and the biggest, again, something I tell all of my clients, and it's kind of one of my mantras for clients is you can still have your favorites. It's just going to look different and you need to be open to it looking different. Um, so with Thanksgiving, be open to preparing your dishes a little differently. Maybe use less oil, maybe cut the oil out, substitute some things that would have sugar for maple sugar or coconut sugar or date sugar. There are so many options today of things you can substitute with. And you do have to play around with recipes, especially if you have your own like family specific recipe of something that you make, you're going to have to play around with it for it to um, work out. But I would encourage you to do that. And maybe one year it's not the best, but the next year it's even better. Um, I, my mom has a pumpkin muffin recipe and growing up, she would make pumpkin muffins from the start of fall through Thanksgiving. So for about two months, she was baking pumpkin muffins pretty much weekly because we would eat them for breakfast every morning before school. Like that was our breakfast. And so she was, I mean, she was so sick of baking pumpkin muffins come Thanksgiving because she would be making them so often, but they were so good. Are, they are so good. Um, And when I think of fall, I think of my mom's pumpkin muffins. And again, lots of dishes and desserts bring us back to a place. And that could be also why it's hard to give up certain things. So when I went through all of my health stuff, it was like, all right, I can't eat these pumpkin muffins anymore. And maybe I I used to have like one or two. And it was just like, why? It's it's not making me feel good. Why have one? So I kind of was set on recreating her recipe in a healthier way. And it took me some time. It took me a few tries, more than a few tries to get it right. Um, I finally got it right. I was able to substitute all the ingredients that I don't eat for healthier alternatives. And they look just like my mom's. The texture is just like my mom's. And the taste is very close to just to my mom's recipe. So I share that to say, you know, if you have a family recipe of something and it, you know, calls for ingredients that you don't eat, try to recreate it with different ingredients. Again, it's not going to taste exactly the same, but maybe you can get it as close as you can. And then you can feel like I still get to make this recipe every year and have that kind of nostalgic connection. I still get to bake these pumpkin muffins that my mom made for me growing up. Again, they're just a little bit different, but I still get to do it. Um, And like, with the pumpkin muffins growing up, my mom had this cast iron muffin tin. Um, and it was, it, it was like a harvest muffin tin and it was all of these like fall vegetable shapes. So there's like a broccoli, a corn, um, a turnip, um, I think a head of lettuce, an eggplant, um, a bell pepper, um, garlic, onion, and they're all in these shapes. And so she would bake the pumpkin muffins in these, in these shapes. Um, and my brother and I, we would always fight over which one we thought was the biggest because we wanted to have the biggest muffin. And again, they're all different shapes. So it was like they are kind of slightly different sizes. And we thought that the corn shape was the biggest one because it was the longest. Um, and as we got older, I, I kind of would laugh and I, I sh- shared with my mom that it's so funny. Cameron and I thought that the corn was the biggest one because it's really not. It's like one of the smallest ones because while it's long, it's very shallow. That that mold is very shallow. And we would, we would fight over the corn. Um, 
And again, I got older and I realized like, oh, the turnip one is actually bigger or the lettuce one is pretty big. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of a, a funny side story. But again, these, these types of things, these recipes, these foods, they bring us back to memories growing up and memories with our family. And I think that that's why the holidays can be so tough on health because we just feel like we have to eat X, Y, Z um, because of those memories. And again, you can still cherish and appreciate those memories, recreating the dish in a way that's going to serve your health. Um, again, we all are in different states with our health. Maybe you don't have any chronic conditions or chronic symptoms. Um, and for you eating whatever on the holidays is not a big deal. Maybe you're like, okay, it's just my weight that I have to compromise this time of year or whatever it is. But for a lot of people um, who are dealing with a number of issues, it's, this can be really, really hard. Um, and it's like you almost feel like you just kind of get through all the side effects of Thanksgiving and then, and then it's like Christmas is here. Um, and so, you know, you do want to care. If you are someone who has health conditions, you do. You want to care Again, even if you don't, and it's just the weight aspect, you should still want to care. Um, why have to start all over come January when everyone else is like, all right, we're going to do our New Year's resolutions. Why not just have maintained your health? Um, and, and so again, it starts with creating healthier versions of the dishes that you know you like. Um, and you can do that with everything from the, you know, the main part of the Thanksgiving dinner to the desserts. I know I make a healthier version of a pumpkin pie every year. Um, the first year I made it, I put way too much cinnamon in it and it literally was so dark from all the cinnamon and it did not taste good. It was way too cinnamony. Um, and so again, there you go. I, I also now laugh. Um, when I bake, bake the pie every year, I laugh with my mom and it's like, oh, remember when I first made this and I put all that cinnamon and it was so gross, I couldn't even eat it. Obviously I, I've fixed it and now it's enjoyable. And so you kind of then can create new memories and laugh over the, you know, the mistakes or the, the fails of trying to make a recipe healthier. Uh, you know, if you're a client of mine, you, 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 you know that you get my Thanksgiving PDF with a lot of, um, you know, recipes, whether I've sourced recipes or whether, you know, again, they're my own recipes. Um, but you print and everything in the PDF that I've compiled, compiled literally can create a full Thanksgiving dinner with no inflammatory ingredients. That's, you know, all plant based. And, um, it's a great, a great resource to have. Um, and I hope to next year release my PDF in a prettier way or, you know, do a Thanksgiving ebook and, and sell that to, you know, those of you that aren't clients who would like um, a peek at those recipes. Um, but yeah, so, so first rule is recreating the dishes that you like in a healthier way and, and just knowing that they're going to look different. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about Christmas because Christmas tends to be a little bit less about the dinner and more about the desserts um though i know a lot of times for christmas dinner people will have some of the same things that you have for thanksgiving um so again you could just you know practice at thanksgiving recreating some things and then try it again at christmas um growing up we never had thanksgiving food like the thanksgiving dishes on christmas our thanks our christmas dinner was always beef wellington um and if you don't know what beef wellington is it's it's basically like like a loaf of meat it, like it looks like a bread loaf of beef 
Um, and then it's wrapped in a puff pastry. Um, sometimes, like ours had mushrooms in between the, the, the meat and the puff pastry. Um, and even then, on Christmas dinner, I would not eat the, the beef part of it, but I would eat the puff pastry and the, um, the mushrooms. Like I've just, when I look back, I've never really been into, into meat. Um, obviously my mom still does that for Christmas now. I don't have that. I, I, you know, create other things that look festive. For example, I'll make bruschetta for Christmas and chop up all the tomatoes and put basil in it. And it's really pretty and it's festive because it's red and green. So there are things that, again, you can do <laughs> that are fun and festive and healthy. Um, but so, so with Christmas and cookies and desserts, same kind of same thing as, as Thanksgiving, you know, you can have different recipes, recreate recipes, substitute things. Um, and, and some of it too is it's not even about creating a whole brand new recipe from scratch because that could be tough. Um, it's about taking existing family recipes and recreating it. So keep that in mind. You don't have to create a recipe from scratch because a lot of mine aren't even created from scratch. It's my mom has had this recipe in her recipe book for years and it's like written by her grandmother and it's like, okay, I'm going to change it. Um, and just make it again, make it my own. And so that's fun. So utilize, you know, if you have certain cookie recipes in your family, adjust them, change them. Um, like for example, especially if you're not familiar with, with baking alternatives, I can share some options. So when it comes to flours, you can use coconut flour, you could use oat flour, brown rice flour, cassava flour, though I don't really recommend baking with cassava flour too much. I don't know. It has an, an interesting taste. I mean, you absolutely could. I wouldn't. My favorites are brown rice flour and oat flour. Those are usually my go-tos. The downside with oat flour, sometimes when you do use oat flour, it tastes so much like oat. And so then maybe your cookies start to taste all the same after a while. So play around with that. Um, and when it comes to sugars, like I had already mentioned, maple sugar, coconut sugar, date sugar. Maple sugar is my personal favorite. I think coconut sugar tends to take over when you are baking. Like the flavor, it tastes very coconutty. Um, and then that's kind of all you taste. Versus maple sugar is, is it's like brown sugar in a way. It's sweet, it's rich. Um, and sometimes you don't even need as much because it's so sweet. Um, so that's my preferred sugar of choice. Um, and sometimes when, when certain things call for oil, you could use coconut oil instead. Depending what I'm making, I'll use coconut oil. Again, I typically don't do a lot of oils, but with certain things, I do have to use coconut oil. Like there's nothing else that will work. Um, uh, and again, for me, it's like, okay, I don't really eat oil 95% of the year, but if I'm having a little oil and some cookies at Christmas, like that's significantly better for me than having like a bunch of gluten and stuff at Christmas. Um, so I'll, I'll do coconut oil if something really needs oil. Otherwise, instead of oil, I will use maple syrup. Um, and what's really cool about maple syrup, when you bake with it, it makes things a little chewy, um, which is a really cool texture if it's like a cookie or something like that. So that's kind of fun. Um, obviously, you can still use baking soda. You can still use ba uh, baking powder. Uh, something to note about baking soda and baking powder, you always want to look for aluminum-free baking soda and baking powder because a lot of them do contain aluminum um, and so that's important um, obviously when you use salt in baking try to use real salt don't use any table salt or anything like that um, so I feel like that really kind of covers you know the basics it covers flour sugar um, 
what to do in the case of oil and, and baking soda and baking powder. And that's the vast majority of what recipes will call for. Some recipes I know call for shortening. That I have not explored on how to make a healthy alternative to shortening because I know shortening is usually like canola oil and like vegetable oil, which is big, big no-nos. I don't care what your health is like. You certainly don't want to be putting those into your body. Um, I know there's a there's a company and I can't think of the company right now, but they make a um, they make a shortening and it's a coconut base, but I think it still contains palm oil if I remember correctly, which is a little disappointing. But there might be there might be a solid coconut based one um, out there. So and again, oh and, oh eggs that's another major thing in baking. What to substitute for eggs? You can do applesauce, um, or you make a flax egg. Um, which I'll do a flax egg a lot. And so a flax egg is just a tablespoon, and don't quote me on the ratio, um, but it's I'm 99% sure it's a tablespoon of uh, ground flax seed with three tablespoons of water, and you let it sit in the fridge for like 15 minutes. That's one, that equals one egg. Um, and again, if you're ever in doubt, you can like, what's a substitute for eggs? And like, you can look. And a lot of times there's multiple options, and maybe you're like, okay, this option sounds good. I'm gonna try this option maybe it doesn't work, so you have to try something else. Because some things might work better with other ingredients that you're working with. Um, and so have fun with it and know that you might, you know, it might be a fail and that's okay. You'll get it better next time. That's that's kind of the fun in it. Um, it is only disappointing when it's like, you know, dessert and you wanna have the pumpkin pie you made and it is not good. And so then you don't have any dessert, um, but that's okay, um, again. It's all about the experience and you can create new memories with family members doing this. Um, and I think that is what's, again, truly important about the holidays is it's you know spending quality time with our family members and it doesn't matter what you're eating, what's on your plate, um, but it's it's the company, it's it's being with your family. And so if you, you know, made some dishes that were, healthier versions and they didn't turn out the best but like again you gotta you gotta ex have that memory now with your family um so we're i'm gonna talk a little bit about the impact on your immune system because so many people get sick this time of year and then we wonder why and it's like well we have a holiday where people are eating a bunch of food that's filled with ingredients that aren't the best and then like a month later, you have another holiday filled with a bunch of sugary food that has ingredients that aren't the best. Um, and then you have New Year's where people love to go out drinking. And then it's like, come January, our poor, you know, kidneys and liver and digestive systems and just immune systems are just all shot. And then it's like, yeah, of course, everyone's getting sick. Um, and so doing these things, like in eating all these ingredients, again, again, I'm not saying every ingredient is bad, but again, a lot of things are going to be high in salt or have a lot of oil and be very high in fat. And if you followed me for a while, you know how I feel about eating too much fat, um, whether you're plant-based or a meat eater, but you know, eating too much fat can still have negative impacts, especially on your healing and, and the immune system for sure. And so, you know, if you're someone who gets sick all the time, take into consideration that, yeah, maybe I need to be more conscientious about what foods I'm choosing to eat um, at family gatherings. Um, and, you know, staying up on your vitamins this time of year and making sure you're eating enough fruits still um, and vegetables and leafy greens, all the things with the great micronutrients that keep our immune system strong. Um, a lot of people do tend to 
you know, of not avoid fruit, but fall out of eating fruit this time of year because they don't know what's in season. They don't know what to eat and it's cold. And so typically sometimes you're not craving fruit. Um, but there's so many great things in season this time of year. I mean, look, here's some <laughs> that are in season. Um, like persimmons, a lot of times, um, like I've talked about persimmons and people don't even know what persimmons are. They look kind of like an apple. They have a little stem and they're sweet. They're a fruit. You want to make sure that they get good and soft. Like this one's pretty hard. You could still eat it. It's crunchy um, and it's a little bit bitter. I like them when they're much, much softer. Um, they, they're sweet and they're great in smoothies with bananas. Um, pomegranates are in season. I love pomegranate seeds. You could juice them. Pomegranates are super high in antioxidants. Um, obviously, apples are in season this time of year. Um, we're entering citrus season, so oranges, tangerines, grapefruits, all of that's in season, all of that's super high in vitamin C. Um, also, winter squashes, so, you know, pumpkin, acorn squash, uh, butternut squash, spaghetti squash, delicata squash, and there's even more squashes than that. There's like honey nut squash, carnival squash. Carnival squash is kind of like acorn squash, but there's so many great things that are in season and, and so much variety still. We tend to think that, you know, we enter winter and what is there to eat? fruit wise, but there's so many options and you don't want to not consume as much fruit because yeah, that's going to take a toll on your immune system. And so it's just taking advantage of what's in season and depending where you live. I mean, again, you can get a lot of fruits and stuff that aren't technically in season. Um, that doesn't mean don't eat them as long as they were grown in a place where the climate supported it by all means eat it. So if you're at the grocery store and there's mangoes that were grown in Mexico, um, they're going to be just fine to eat. Um, the climate in Mexico supports growing mangoes this time of year. Um, obviously, we will then have to, we pay a little bit higher price when they're not in season here. Um, but um, yeah, it doesn't mean it's it's necessarily bad. Some people argue that you shouldn't eat what's not in season um, where you live. Like, you know, if you live somewhere where it snows and you know, you shouldn't be eating mangoes or bananas that time of year because that's that's not in season where you live. I disagree with that. Um, and I disagree with it because it just doesn't make sense, logically speaking. Um, if you lived, let's say, in Chicago and it's wintertime and it's snowing and it's freezing and you're like, all right, I'm going to take a trip and we're going to go to, we're going to go to Mexico. We're going to go, you know somewhere tropical to get out of the cold and if you go there you don't live there you're not from there you're just visiting it's not your local climate um so does that mean you're not going to eat any of the fruit that's there you're not going to eat the mangoes you're not going to eat the bananas you're not going to eat the dragon fruit because it's not at season it's not in season where you're from I mean of course not that's so silly like why wouldn't you why wouldn't you eat it you're there it's in season it's ripe it's good eat it. So the same thing goes for if you're back home in Chicago and it's cold and, you know, there's a mango from Mexico, why would you not eat it? Like, again, if you flew back from Mexico and you brought mangoes with you, which again, I don't think you can, you can't bring produce back. So I'm not suggesting to do this, but I'm just saying theoretically, if you were allowed to bring produce back from Mexico with you and you brought a bunch of bananas and mangoes in your bag and you brought them home, would you not eat them the second you got home? Like what changes when you get on the plane 
and you step off in Mexico, what changes about your body being like, oh, my body now knows that I'm in, you know, I'm in Mexico and I can eat these fruits. But tomorrow when I get home and I step off the plane into Chicago, my body knows, oh, no more. We can't tolerate mangoes. Like to me, it just (laughs) doesn't make sense. So, you know, as long as the fruit was grown where the climate supported it, it's going to be healthy. It's going to contain nutrients. It's going to be good for you. Your body's going to enjoy it. Um, obviously, if, if if you're somewhere where it snows, you're not going to want to eat smoothies and, and cold juices. Um, I mean, I obviously I'm in Los Angeles and it doesn't get that cold here. Um, but I mean, it get I mean it gets cold. It doesn't snow, but it gets cold. Last year we had a very cold winter. Um, where it was like in the 50s for days at a time, which does not sound cold, I'm sure, to many people, but it was very cold here. Um, And I just, I didn't want my smoothies the same way, but I love a smoothie because they're easy. They're great with my schedule. And so what I found myself doing is not using frozen fruit, using fresh fruit. Um, You know, if I was juicing some oranges for my smoothie, I would just use room temperature oranges. If I was going to make myself a tangerine juice, I would use room temperature tangerines. Um, If I wanted cucumber juice or apple juice, I just use room temperature ones. Um, That helps. When things are room temperature, it makes a huge difference in how your body feels after consuming it. If it's cold, you're going to freeze. You are going to (laughs) be freezing and you're going to take a while to warm up. So if you live somewhere where it's cold and you do, you like your fruits, you like your smoothies and juices, just just do them room temperature and try to keep as much fruit on the countertop as you can. Um, I have in my kitchen these baskets that are like screwed onto the wall and I keep all... I keep 90% of all of my produce out in these baskets and they sit out. And that's because I don't like cold fruit. Um, I never have. Even in the summer, I don't like cold fruit, but especially not in the winter. Um, And to me, room temperature fruit tastes better. The flavor is just incredible and it's much juicier. Um, But if you live somewhere where it's cold, for sure try to keep your produce out on the countertop. Again, anything that, you know, obviously won't go bad. Like, you know, you don't want to keep your lettuces and things on the counter. But... Um, you know, persimmons, bananas, apples, pears, avocados, pomegranates, all that stuff. Just keep it on the counter. Um, and that, that will really help. Um, because again, your immune system needs all of that stuff even more when it's cold. Not that it doesn't need it in the summer, but it just needs it even more, especially because we're also going outside less. Um, we're getting less sunshine and when we're getting less sunshine, we're getting less vitamin D and that tanks our immune system as well. Um, so if you do, if you live in a, a, a climate where you don't go outside much because it is so cold, you know, try to take supplement with vitamin D. If you're able to even just stand out in the sun with as much of your body exposed as you can, even if it's cold, try to at least put your face in the sun a little bit or your arms, something. Um, obviously, morning sunlight is the best, um, but I'll admit that I'm not always the best about getting out in the sun in the morning. Sometimes it just, for me, it, it works out in the afternoon, it just depends on the day. Um, so yeah, if you're able to get the actual sunshine, sunshine, great. But if you're not, supplement with vitamin D. Um, I mean, you could supplement with it year round, but especially this time of year, and you can even increase your dose a little bit this time of year. Um, but yeah, keeping all that in mind as you go through the holidays. I mean, whether or not you you know choose to eat healthier stuff for Christmas or Thanksgiving, still support your immune system with whole foods, nutrient-dense foods, and and sunshine, and, you know, vitamin D, and all of that, Um, because who, who wants to, who wants to get sick? Nobody wants to get sick. It's, it's annoying. It, it takes away, you know, 
from things we'd rather be doing. Um, you know, I was sick like a month ago for about four days. I was really, really three days. I was like kind of down and out. Um, and then by the fourth day, I was like, okay, I, I can work out. I, I don't feel the best, but like I have energy and feel good enough to, to do a workout. And that was my first time being sick like that in over six years, maybe eight years. I think the last time I was sick like that, I was in college and living in the dorms. So this was a long time ago. Um, and three years ago, I had a cold that lasted a couple days, but like I didn't run a fever or anything. I just like had a little cold and it didn't really affect my normal day to day. But th- this did affect my normal my normal day to day. I had a fever for three days and. And I mean, I didn't take any medications. I didn't take anything to suppress the fever. I let it run its course. But in addition to letting it run its course, I was diligent with drinking juice. And um, I didn't have much of an appetite. So I was just trying to drink as much juice as possible, coconut water, taking tons of vitamin C and zinc and vitamin D as well. And I, when I kind of looked back to the three days that I was feeling the worst, it was like, okay, while I was, like, I was kind of laying, you know, laying on the couch, not doing much, but I spent a good chunk of the day in the kitchen. Like, I cooked, not, I, not cooked, I prepared things for myself so much those days. I was standing a lot. Like, I juiced at least twice those days. I think one, maybe three times. Um, then I had, you know, I had to clean the juicer. And then I was getting up every so often to make myself some, some um, like ginger tea. And then I was making sure, oh, it's time to take some more zinc. It's time to take some more vitamin C. And so, you know, I was like, man, like if I was even more sick than that, like I wouldn't have, you know, it would suck if I couldn't get up and do this for myself. Um, obviously, like, you know, it'd be nice if I had someone there to do it for me. And, and in some cases, obviously people do. But I was just like thankful that I wasn't so sick that I couldn't get up and do those things and so you know you it's it's definitely a nice feeling when you know okay this is not a regular thing for me I'm not often down and out sick um you know I have clients who get sick all the time and um family members and stuff that I know who who get sick regularly and and I hear them say how sick they are of being sick And I think to myself, yeah, like, absolutely. I couldn't imagine being like, oh, I'm sick again. Oh, I'm sick again. And so at what point, you know, do you say, okay, I'm, I'm sick of this and I need to make a change. Um, and, and that involves changing what you eat, changing your nutrition. And that's going to have an impact when it comes to the holidays. And and again, it's hard to imagine changing these traditional things that we do but we make we can make new traditions. Um, there was a meme I shared on my social media the other day, and it was like, um, you know, a person saying, "How how can I boost my immunity?" And then it said me saying, "Oh, change your change your diet." And then it shows them like putting earplugs in, and I'm like, it's so true. Like people want to know how to get strong immunity so they don't get sick. And the second you're like, oh, well, you, you should change your diet. You should change your lifestyle. It's like, oh, shoot, no. Okay. We just want that quick fix. We just want, can I just take the pill? Can you just give me the thing to get rid of the fever? I don't want to deal with the fever. I don't want to feel this symptom. It's uncomfortable. But some of these things are our bodies telling us, hey, this is not working. You need to change what you're doing. Um, a lot of uncomfortable symptoms are just messages from our body telling us to do something different 
Um, you know, fevers are not bad. Fevers are a good thing. They are our body, a sign that our body is fighting off whatever is happening internally. We want to have a fever. If your fever gets dangerously high, like above 104, I think for kids it might be 107. I forget exactly. Don't quote me on that. But we can just say, okay, if your fever is above 104, um, you want to do something about it. But if your fever is like 100, 101, that's where mine was at. There's, you know, let it, just let it be. Obviously, yes, it's uncomfortable. You're cold, you're hot, you're cold, you're hot. Um, but there are things that you can do if you have a fever. Um, you can do cold compresses. You can drink cucumber juice. Cucumber juice has a very cooling effect on the body. You can take a lukewarm bath. You would do cold socks. Um, if you don't know what cold sock therapy is, it's where you take some cotton socks, you set them in ice water, um, and then before you go to bed, you put on those cold socks on your feet, and then you put some wool socks over those, um, and then... You sleep with those on, and when you wake up in the morning, um, the the cold, the wet socks are now dry, and you know that helps the fever break. The other thing that's really great for fevers is castor oil packs. Um, and it's funny, sometimes I have so many facts in my head, and then when when it's like I need that particular fact, I forget about it. And so when I was sick, um, it was day three, and I was like, all right, you know, this fever is still here. What do I do? Um, I actually didn't do the cold socks. I forgot about that. Again, sometimes I get in the moment and these things just leave my head. Um, but then I was like, oh, what am I doing? I can do a castor oil pack. So I was like, all right, tonight I'm putting on the castor oil pack. So, you, you know, if you don't know what a castor oil pack is, it's, it's basically like a cotton, cotton piece of cloth and you put some castor oil on it. You tie it around your liver. They have ones for different sections. You can get some for your thyroid. You can get some for your breast, for your abdomen, um, you can get little eye masks and put it on on the mask and sleep with it and it helps with like eyebrows and eyelash growth which is pretty cool great castor oil packs are great and um when i started my practice i wasn't super familiar with them and, and then then i became more familiar and educated myself on them um and so i was like okay i'm gonna put the castor oil pack on um, and so I did um, a few hours before I went to bed and you don't have to sleep with it on if you don't want to. You should leave it on for several hours if you can. Um, I sometimes sleep with it on, sometimes not, depends. Um, but since I was sick, I was like, I'm going to sleep with it on. And um, I woke up in the middle of the night and my fever broke. Um, and the next day, my fever didn't come back. And it was like, darn it, I wished I did this two nights ago. It might have helped my fever break. But then again, it was like, you know what, my body also just, you know, probably needed to needed to do that. So um, I say all that to say is that we like quick fixes. We don't like to suffer through symptoms. And again, some symptoms, you know, are we should that, you know, aren't necessary if a fever gets above 104. But most symptoms are there for a reason. There are they're the way our bodies are designed. Again, our bodies are designed to get a fever if we're sick. And other symptoms are messages from our body saying we need to change something. And we, and we don't want to suppress that symptom. Like if we get an uncomfortable symptom, I'll use my own experience, for example, my rash on my on my arms and legs. Again, if you follow me on social media, you have seen the rash that I struggled with for years. Um, that came when I um, started having Lyme disease symptoms. Um, I don't think the sole reason that I had the rash was just from Lyme. I think it was a combination of Lyme and my liver being filled with toxins and um, heavy metals and things like that. Um, and I had a copper IUD at the time. So there was lots of things that I think contributed to my skin. But it was really the second that I started having symptoms for Lyme disease, my skin really flared up. And 
obviously I did and I, I've talked about this in other episodes. I did the steroid injections and, you know, it would go away for a bit and it would come back. All that was was a Band-Aid. It was just a Band-Aid. I wasn't, you know, solving the problem. And my skin was reacting that way to tell me something. It was telling me that, hey, you are filled with toxins. You need to get them out. They need to come out. You need to get the copper IUD out of you. This copper is awful. It's harming us. And so that's what that symptom was. And and it's not going to do me any good by just putting band-aids on it and taking this drug and this medication. No, that's not going to do anything. And, and that's for anybody's symptom if you're just managing it. You want to solve it. And, um, and again, our diet is not a quick fix. Our diet is something that through trial and error, we will improve and continue to feel better. Um, so um, to kind of wrap it up a little bit, you know, with with Thanksgiving and Christmas on the horizon, try to try to, especially if you have health conditions, try to make healthier swaps for maybe at least one of the dishes that you normally enjoy. You know, start with one dish this year. You can start with two dishes next year. For Christmas, you can start with one cookie recipe this year and two next year. Um, but try to try to make small changes again yeah maybe if you are one who helps in the kitchen baking or cooking you know try to substitute some of the ingredients you know don't even try a whole new recipe just try to sub some ingredients um that would help because why do you want to spend all this lovely time with family only to feel awful by the end of the day and feel irritable um to me that just ruins the experience ruins the time whereas like okay i'm feeling all great and then by the end of the day you're just like oh my gosh leave me alone i feel terrible um that's not fun and and like i said keep in mind that you can create new memories with family members by you know recreating sentimental dishes that you've you're used to making or making new dishes and just creating new experiences and you can still have the dishes and the foods that you normally, or recipes that you normally like, um, but just remember they might look a little different as you make them healthier. Um, and and with that being said, I, I actually, I, I'll make one other point. The pressure from family members, this can be very, very hard. This is the last thing I'm gonna cover, is the pressure from family members. So a lot of times it can seem weird or foreign that you're not eating such and such food or you're you know you're approaching your health this way um I hear it all the time from my clients I've experienced this um what you're doing to address your health doesn't have to make sense to anybody else but you um if you feel good about it and you're noticing a difference that's what matters um it's incredibly hard to deal with the pressure from family members to say, oh, just have a bite, just have a little bit. They don't know what that could do to you. Maybe you can have a bite, but maybe you can't. I'm not a person who will just have a bite of something. I'm just like, I'm fine. I just don't want it. I'm okay. Um, and so stick to your guns and know that most people won't understand. And that's mostly too because the norm in our society is not healthy eating. The norm in our society is eating unhealthy um, and to not really question that. And so it can be very challenging being around family who may not understand your choices. Um, but stand your ground and know that you're doing this for your own health. And that's what really matters. So I wish you luck getting through the holidays. Um, 
nutritionally and um as always you know thanks for listening if you have any other questions um you feel free to send me an email at tdnutritioncoaching at gmail.com um if you want to work with me or again if you just have any questions um i'd love to hear from you um and have a happy thanksgiving and a merry christmas thanks for listening